Benfica Podcast is one of the founding members of Benfica Independent. Benfica Independent is an independent platform made by fans for fans. And in it, you can find our podcast, along with many other podcasts, along with articles of opinion, video segments, and much, much more. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent with exclusive contents for our Patreons. Hasta que no estás aquí dentro no sabes la grandeza de, de este equipo. Sí, es un club que tiene una grandeza que no se comprende si no estás aquí dentro. Son de una magia única, benfiquista. Son nos sentimos así. Por muchos desgustos que podamos tener, valores más altos se levantan. O valor mais alto que se levanta em termos futebolísticos chama-se Benfica. Quero o Benfica intimidar o adversário. Quero o manto sagrado entrar com vocês em qualquer estado. E estamos, pá! É isso que eu quero! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dog Befica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasas, bringing you episode number 470. With me, as always, Cristiano Oliveira. Cristiano, como é que é, amigo? Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Keep coming. Also with us, as always, Dave de Oliveira. Dave de Oliveira, what's happening up there in the great white north? What's going on, Alfredo and Cristiano? Great to be back on tonight. Uh, another Canadian one said another night, another podcast. But, but uh, yeah, great to be on. And uh, got the Derby to recap. So yeah, uh, shout out to the Freddies uh, here who are coming in. But uh, lots of talk about tonight. Well, you can't see, you can't see the stars. Somebody's uh, red man is saying that your your sound is very bad, Cristiano. Audio clipping breaking up. How about Dave? How's Dave sound? Dave, you want to talk for a little bit? You want to tell us what's going on in your life? What's going on in my life? Planning for a wedding. And so, there's no days off. I go to work and we're working away away from the wedding planning. So uh, that's, that's what's going on in my life here. And I enjoy my wedding feature too. But since this that now I'm clipping out to on uh, all right, all right. Well, we, we figured figure it out. out. Um, of course, course Cristiano went, went off. off. He, he fucked, fucked up everything now. now. Uh, but but uh, let's, let's see if, if I could, could, uh, if I could find, find something, something here, here to do. Desktop, desktop audio. audio. I think, I think desktop, desktop audio, audio may work. work. 
When I'm not in the studio, you can't figure that shit out. That's what happens. Can you hear me? I can hear you. You you sound low. You sound low. How oh, oh, have you muted? How in the world? Because it's gonna it's coming through Zoom. It's the Zoom sound. I want to put Zoom. Zoom. The preferences. Audio. Mix mix cast mix mix cast. Dave's still clipping. Just trying to figure out what um, where you guys are at. Yeah, good because I'm I'm using my own mic. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know, man. If I sound like crap, let me know. I'll jump. I'll bounce. I'll let you guys carry the podcast like you always do. But it's I... me too. Uh-oh. All right. Oh, but we all sound good in our own headsets here. <laughs> in our, yeah, uh, we sound good to each other. I sound perfect. Sound good it's to each other. Um, let me start recording here on, on OBS. Maybe uh, that will capture the sound good, but... Uh, I'll play, I'll play around with this. But anyway, episode number 470 is what we're up to. Tonight we'll recap the Derby. Uh, we'll also look ahead to Santa Clara and also markets. In and outs. We're good. We're good. Now we're it's good. good to go? All right. 
They're all good. They're Everyone all good. good. All right. So it's just, just you know. Kick the cobwebs. We needed to kick the cobwebs. That's right. That was it. No, we're good now. That's good. That's awesome. How's everybody doing? Thank you uh, to all the Freddies uh, for joining us. I uh, hope the sound is better now. So uh, here we are. Um, good to be back. As I was saying, trip to Portugal was good. I was there for a week visiting my parents. Was able to get uh, get the game in. Game was excellent. Obviously, new lights at the stadium were, were awesome. The light show in the beginning was was great. Um, yeah, every, oh, so it was a good it was a good trip. Weather was fine. 50, 60 degrees for you guys that uh, that measure temperature in Fahrenheit. Uh, so it was it was good, man. With the exception of the result, everything was good. Um, but let me uh, give you the lineup and we'll get started. We'll talk about the game for a little bit and then we'll talk about other things as always. Uh, Vlaco Dimus was in goal. Ba, Silva, Otamene, Grimaldo, Tino and Enzo. João Mario, Ausnes, Rafa behind Ramos uh, was wh- who we lined up with. But uh, I, I don't think there were any surprises here uh, on the lineup, Cristiano. Were you surprised at all when you saw the lineup? My, my biggest question was where was Ausnes going to uh, set up? Was he going to set up? behind Ramos like he set up in the game prior or was he going to set up to the to the left which is a position that he's he isn't always great at that was my biggest question but then when the game started when considering everyone who started um yeah I'm not surprised he played where he played I mean João Mari's going to go back to the left Rafa back to to, to the free row in the middle and then Arsenis was in in in, in Neres' spot to me the one question was if Neres was 100% would he have been the better option to go with from the initial, from the beginning? But at the end of the day, I kind of understand Roger Schmidt's thought process, even if Nettis was 100% to go before the game, because in a game that you knew was going to be a tough game, despite the standings, you knew it was going to be a tough game. It's a rivalry game. It's a derby. These games are always tough. And you know, at some point, you're going to have to make a change in order to to, 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 to change the result in order to, to change what's going on on the field, maybe pick up the team, maybe bring in an attack, an attacking option to change things up. And I think the option that would have done that when you compare the Arsenal or, or, or Nettis, obviously Nettis is the guy that's the change up, the guy that's going to be the change of pace, the guy that can create on his own. So I kind of understand that because Benfica's bench has been absolutely ass cheeks all year long. So if that was his thought process, I'm going to save this trump, this ace up my sleeve in case I need to use him. But then kind of lost some gas once Nettis does come in and Nettis didn't do particularly nothing. He, you know, he didn't do anything in that game. But I kind of understand his initial thought process. Now, um, you know, as I mentioned, complicated game. Benfica didn't exactly come out of the gates as we expected. Sporting did. Sporting clearly the better side for the first 15, 20, 25 minutes even so. Um, they dictated the pace, and it took Benfica a little while to get into the game. Um, and when they did, they created some opportunities. But, you know, we'll, we'll get into that in a few minutes. But the starting lineup is what it is. We're very thin. Roger Schmidt only made two subs in this whole game. Not much to choose <laughs> he made, from. He made one sub. If you, you can't, I don't know yeah, if you can consider... The 93, the 93, 93 minute substitute. I mean, that's not really a substitution. That's just burning time. Yeah, I mean, again, it, it goes back to what we harped on here on the podcast since late July, early August, which was this bench is very thin. The options on the bench aren't what everyone seems to think they are. 
And I know a lot of times I get slack from you guys, from the Freddies and, and, and everybody else on Twitter and whatever, because it seems as if I'm always being critical of Benfica players, which is, you know, I'm just speaking on what I've seen. Obviously, I don't want to criticize everybody. I hope I will hope there's a day that I can just sit there and be like, yeah, bye. everybody's great. Fuck it, let's go. No changes needed. But again, um, we'll see what happens. I mean, they went out, Alfredo, before the game. Last week was a very big week in terms of transfers. And I know we're here to talk about the game, but they went out into the transfer market. They brought in a striker. They brought in a winger. At least on on, on YouTube videos, them guys look freaking fantastic. Especially who shut up. Shut up, that kid. My man's got Jinga. You know what I'm saying? But again, on YouTube, uh, let's see if that translates to the Portuguese league. Let's see if that translates to a tougher competition than what these guys are accustomed to. We hope so. Uh, on video, they look terrific. But it still might have been not. It still might not be enough. Uh, again, we've seen this game again in previous games in recent weeks. Thin. And now, the kid Araujo is leaving. Um, you know, not not like he was being used anyway, guys. Let, let's let's be fair. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, uh, very thin bench in this game, and and, and so. We'll talk about different instances, and I'll just pass the mic along to you guys. Yeah, no, just good atmosphere at the stadium. And, and the one thing that Roger Smith mentioned after the game was that uh, Neresh can only play a certain amount of time per game. He hasn't been allowed to play a whole 90 minutes, and perhaps that explains why he's not at the level that we were used to seeing him and why he didn't start. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know... In, Without getting too much in, into the details of the game and, and kind of speaking a little bit about what you're saying in terms of the, the depth on the bench, it's like you have a guy on a bench whose name is Draxler, which is a guy, if you can't count on that guy to be to come in and make a, 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 a difference, right, why do we even have him? 100%. Why do we even have him? Send him back to Paris. Send him back to Paris. Bye. Send him back to Paris. I, they, uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, really, I, I thought that, yeah, Sporting was better to, to start the game, but I, I didn't think they were they were much better than us. I think they were just a little bit more controlling the ball. Uh, they had that free kick that Vlacodimus saved, but, you know, other than that, they got the own goal that kind of landed on their lap. Uh, then they got the penalty kick in the second half that landed on their lap too. But other than that, I don't think he, they did much. So Ugarte should have seen uh, about 50 million yellow cards uh, and but subsequent I'll... red cards. But I don't think you're fair. I mean, I'm not being fair. You want to tell me the second half they didn't really create much, and then that penalty fell from the sky. That's fine, you know, clumsy challenge on on, on the kid Antonio. But in the first half, again, they were the better side. They possessed the ball they attacked more Benfica sat back a lot more they they, they a lot they put more pressure on us they create they worked for that goal now was it a beautiful team goal was it one of those moments where they were dominating the game no not by any stretch of imagination but I thought that they were clearly the better side early on in the game and they worked for that goal you know what I mean they they they, they got Benfica off of their game Sporting was able to apply Whatever their intention was, whatever the tactical, uh, you know, uh, tactics were by the manager, they were able to apply their game. And look, Blanco Dimos had to make that one save. And and to me, on that one save, if you guys recall, that foul, that ensuing foul, was Otamendi's first foul. And he got a yellow, which to me, it, it, it was it was 
one of those yellows that I think the referee could have kept the kept could have kept the card in his pocket, but he obviously chose not to. But I, I don't think he. Again, if he would have let it go, I would have been totally okay with it. And it's not because I'm a Benfiquista. It's just the way I read the game. And then he didn't use the same criteria, as you mentioned. <clears throat> Ugarte committed fouls uh, just as egregious as that one, right? Yeah. Um, And he kept letting them go. And again, it changed the whole game in terms of the way his aggressiveness, uh, the way he attacked Benfica players, the way he pressed the ball and such and whatnot. And I just thought things could have been a, lot of bit, a, a little bit different. But... I think it's unfair to say that that first goal fell from the sky for them. I thought the first 25 minutes, to make an argument, even extended another five minutes, Spartan were clearly the better side. Then once Benfica kind of got their feet in and, you know, they they, they, they got the ball on uh, on their side, they started to possess, they started to create havoc. Joao Mario had a really good chance. Rafa had a really good chance. But again, the inability for us to finish wound up hurting us in this game. Yeah, I know. Just to jump on that, sorry. Um, I think Benfica just gave Sporting way too much respect to start both both halves. They kind of let Sporting, like you've said, uh, dictate dictate the game where really they have no class in being uh, on the, even on the same pitch as us uh, this season, uh, at least. And Benfica, I think, gave Sporting way too much respect in the, in the uh, beginning of the first half and even on the, the second half. And Sporting, the only main difference was efficient with their, their chances that they created. I'm looking at the stats here. Eight shots that they took, but only three on, on target. And scoring two out of two out of three on target, that's a huge high. And one was a penalty uh, kick and one is a free kick. Yep. And uh and you look at ours, you got fifteen shots for us and nine on target with only the, the two goals to show for. So touching on Chris's point as well where we weren't clinical with fishing, with uh, finish, fishing, finishing. That too, and that that seems to be uh, an issue here as of as of late. But main point I wanted to just get across is we gave Sporting way too much respect, more respect that uh, than they deserve because really the two teams how they've been coming into this uh, match, uh, this Sporting team should not be on the uh, the same pitch as us. But we gave them. Uh, enough respect and they took advantage of those uh those limited opportunities that they had yeah and, and look maybe it, it goes back to last year right we're clearly the more dominant team than sporting and sporting comes into uh started to lose and 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 really three nothing into the first half so i think that that perhaps rogers there was plans there was a plan for roger schmidt that we were going to absorb some pressure. We we're going to see what Sporting was going to throw at us in terms of offense. So I don't know. I don't know if it was part of the plan or not. But yeah, somebody was saying on a, on a chat, actually Noon saying, um, Benfica grew once Enzo got more involved in the game. And and look, it, I think that those initial minutes, there's a lot of let's see where this is at, what players are showing up, and 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 what spots, who's marking who. You know, is it a zonal? Is there a man? Uh, is there a, a, a swarming effect that they have on certain players not let Befica play? So there's always that that cautious uh, first 15, 20 minutes. But yeah, but I, I think that, that that's a fair point, Chris, that Sporting for the first 20, 25 minutes, they did dominate the game. Um, you know what I found very interesting, Alfredo? If you listen to Roger Schmidt's press conference, pregame press conference, he said, or in one of the press conferences throughout the week, he said that, they don't really Benfica doesn't really prepare a game to play against any one opponent, right? 
based on how the opponent plays. They just prepare their game regardless of what it is, and they go out there and they and they execute. But once the game started, it seems to me right because if you read if you if you read both teams prior to kickoff, Sporting is a team that normally invites high press, and they exploit you, right? Teams, you know, get out of position by pressing, pressing, pressing. They invite that high press. And Benfica is a team that's lived off high press throughout the season. And they've, you know, I mean, they fed off of that, right? And so in this game, it kind of felt like Roger Schmidt, who said during the week that he doesn't really look at what the opposition does because they're going to implement their game style. They're going to implement their own game plan as opposed to being dictated by the opposition. And when the game started, Sporting, who we know likes to invite a high press, they're possessing the ball, and Mifika sat back. And it seemed like, wait a minute, Roger, so are you doing what you said you weren't going to do? It seemed a little bit of that because, as Dave said, 100%, Benfica looked like they were paying or, or they gave too much respect to this Sporting team. And Sporting, clearly, a team that, at the end of the day, let's not forget, they're the ones that needed to come and get the three points. And they clearly established their game, their game plan, a lot earlier than Benfica did. But I just wanted to mention that. I, I found it very interesting that Rogers said one thing, and I think he did the total opposite because you didn't see the normal, the same Benfica that we've seen all season long applying that pressure. And Sporting invites you into that pressure. So it was kind of like a game of chess. And I think Sporting, I don't know, the chess, I, I, I learned how to play for like a day when I used to get in trouble at St. Benedict's and I never played again. But but Sporting won the early part of the chess match. And then once Benfica kind of started moving their pieces around, they kind of evened things out. But yeah, early early on, I think I think Sporting and, and, and Amorim won that chess battle. Yeah, I no, I, I think it's a fair assessment. I, uh, I you know I I wouldn't call it a chess, but certainly, yeah, the the setup uh, and the initial period, I I you know I have to admit that they belong to to Sporting, but. Befica was always able to claw one back, even after Sporting scored early in the second half. Befica was able to claw that back. But uh, the thing is that after those first 25 minutes, I don't think Sporting did much more than that. Uh, I thought that the, the penalty uh, could have gone either way. Suarez Diaz didn't, didn't see it in, in, the, in the beginning of the play or live. He had to be called to VAR. Uh, at the VAR, it takes way, way too much time. To, to be able to make the determination that it was a penalty kick, right? Because if the VAR is calling the ref and saying, hey, look, you might you might have missed something. You might have missed something because he goes back. How much does he have to look at the video to figure out whether he was right or wrong, right? Because if it was something that was that blatant, it should have been easy to make the call. Now, he sat there and viewed image after image when his initial reaction live was to not call the penalty. We've seen the video. We've seen the, the foot dragging on Paulinho earlier this year or whenever it was, there was the same exact penalty not called for Sporting on Porto, right? Uh, same exact thing, same exact play. So it could have gone either way. The, the thing is that, you know, I was, seat, I was sitting next to Pita and Pita said, you went to VAR, he's going to call this. Because why else would he go to VAR? And then it's the the way it's taken, the, the much time, the amount of time that it was taken, everybody in the stadium knew that that was going to go against Benfica. You could almost feel it. You could almost feel it in the stadium. Because, because we all, I think Portuguese culture, we all have a negative 
uh, outlook when it comes. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying we all look at VAR in Portuguese refereeing, you know, kind of like side, you know, skin of the wood. Everybody already expects that. Now, I, I want to deep to talk, but I'll just, since I started talking, let me just throw this in here. I have zero problem with that penalty, right? Normally, no, I, I, I don't at, either. I look at these penalties and I say, bro, if that was my team, would I want it called for my squad? Absolutely. To me, that's it. End of story. Now, my problem with that penalty is that it's fine and dandy that VAR did their job. And, and I, in my view, they were correct, calling them over. The referee might have missed it, whether he wanted to miss it or he missed it intentionally or intentionally, right? He missed it. The VAR corrected, and that's what VAR is there for. Zero problems with it. My biggest problem with it is where was that VAR with the same VAR officials in the first half when Mateus Reis clearly grabs Rafa by his shoulder. It's like a, a horse horse collar tackle almost. Exactly, and impedes him from being comfortable on the shot that he ultimately shot straight at a That's dime. That's right. How come VAR didn't intervene there? And to me, the, my biggest pet peeve about this whole game, my biggest complaint, as I stated on my, my initial statements here on the podcast, were where was the consistency? See, I don't mind when a referee is bad for both teams. I don't mind. Obviously, I don't mind when a referee is good for both teams because that's what we all want. But if you're going to be good for one team and bad for another team, that's asinine. And players don't know how to react. And I think that there was a bunch of of, of, of different plays that could have been called differently and were called differently for, uh, for, for uh, either team. And that, that absolutely influenced the game. I'm not sitting here and crying and saying that Benfica – ultimately drew this game at home 2-2 because of the referee. But at the end of the day, I thought the referee was way inconsistent and there's different things he could have done. Obviously, we talked about Ugarte. And to me, my biggest thing is, you want to go with that penalty? I'm 100%. To me, it's a penalty. So there's no conversation. But VAR did their job. But how come they didn't do their job early on in the first half? That's my biggest question. Yeah. Dave, thoughts? I mean, not uh, just agreeing with you what you guys said i think it is a penalty uh at first i didn't i think i was looking more at the shove in the back and not necessarily the the footwork uh or the the foot challenge uh, there i think that's what makes it uh, a penalty um rafa you guys are talking about the, the rafa non-call but rafa's also got to put that away joan mario also i believe either yeah. before that chance or right after that chance shot it, it right at before. the keeper too uh-huh. So those right there, and I, I, if I'm not mistaken, that was right before Sporting went on and scored. It was either right before or right after, but those right are two. Those are two two chances. chances. Yeah, two chances right there that the lack of finishing really hurt us. And I don't know, Rafa uh, uh, seems not to be clicking. Um, he's not in that that form that he was pre World Cup, and I guess it's to be expected. Wherein you have that long of a layover, but I haven't uh, been impressed with Rafa um, so far since the the return uh, from the uh, World Cup uh, well, break. I hope he finds it soon, but uh, he just hasn't been. Uh, he's also he been hurt, Dave. Has he? Okay, well, yeah, he's. He, le- he left too, the but... field uh, hobbling. Okay. He left well, the field. In the ninety-third minute, to bring Shikawa into the pitch. Yeah, but, uh, you know, the other thing that I want to talk about, and, and we've been talking about this for the past couple podcasts, and Sheik Marcelino makes a great point in terms of Ba. Um, and Ba hasn't been the same since uh, since the World Cup. You know, so you at, know, at what point, and, and it's not like it's a huge drop between Ba and, and, 
and uh, Gilberto, right? Why isn't Gilberto getting more minutes? Uh, Do you think it is a huge drop? Defensively, it's a huge drop. I think there's a closer gap between the Who defends better? Gilberto. Gilberto. And the gap... The gap, the gap is wider. On the offensive side of the ball. No, no, no. Pay attention. The gap is wider in Gilberto's favor in defending than it is in Ba's favor in attacking. Ba's a better attacker, but the gap is wider on the defense. Gilberto's a better defender than, than, than Ba by a wider margin than what Ba is a better attacker than Gilberto. And you know this because I had this conversation with you and Hugo like two, three months ago. Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree. Talking. I've not been convinced with Bob. Remember, I asked you guys. You guys are happy with the signing. You guys all said, I said, I don't know, man. There's something about this guy that I'm not feeling. And now you see game after game. And my one concern about this is the guy, as you just stated, our friend, 100% correct. He's not been the same player. So obviously his performances haven't been what we were accustomed to. But the thing to me that's a head scratcher is the guy doesn't get benched. The guy, like, Gilberto in this game. He's got to be Schmidt's boy. That's what I what, what I've been saying the last couple of weeks where we're talking about squad rotation. But he seems to have uh, Schmidt's Schmidt's uh, blessing of approval. So, bro, was was Gilberto, was Gilberto injured this game? How does he not even get called up for a game yeah. of this magnitude where you need Rasa and attitude? How does he even, even get he, called up? Well, he was called up, was he not? No, he was no, not. He on the was bench. on the bench. Hey. He wasn't even on the no, bench. I, I think at this point, a little bit bench time would do him well. They don't even have to be bench but time. But he's not going to. Like if 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 he was if Gilberto wasn't even on the bench for this yeah. match, barring injury, which I don't I, I didn't see anything. But um, I, I don't know. There's something there that Schmidt Schmidt uh, clearly values Ba way more than Gilberto, and, and at least. Uh, Getting getting some minutes for Schoberto here and, and switching it up even at, at the sixty minute mark or whatever. But Boz clearly here's yeah. a scary question. Boz clear number one, right? Gilberto, unless there's an injury or something personal that we don't know about, right? We're talking all our points are being made with us assuming that there's nothing wrong with him, right? Um but the guy's not even being called up. So so who's your number two at right back? Don't tell me under me. <laughs> no, I, I I think that he. I mean, you could go, you could go to, you could go to Auschwitz. Um, I guess Verissimo. I guess go, you could go. You could go to Verissimo. I, I I I don't remember who was who exactly was on the bench. Um, but I. Hey, I it was the bench. I think that he could have. The bench. He, he could have gone to one of those guys. Here's the bench: Verissimo, Moratu, Gil Diaz. And then you got Shikingu, uh, João Neves. Even Shikingu uh, could have played right back. Musa Draxler. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, at some point you could have gone with one of the center backs and playing a, a right back. I'm, you know, I don't think it would have been a big deal if he did get hurt. Um, but yeah, it's not about one game, Alfred. My question wasn't pertaining to this game. It's just. I'm just looking at the at, at, at the ladder, right? You got Ba, the guy that we all saw thought was number two. He's gone, so now who? Do, I, I mean, could guys play in that position? Yeah, but in terms of selection, who, who's your, who's your other right back? That's the question. It's not about one game in particular. I just hope that this was maybe something where, you know, obviously I hope everything's all right in his personal life, but I hope it's something that we're unaware of and, and Gilberto 
is it was unavailable. But you look at the previous two, three games, he, he hasn't played much neither. It's been clearly a decision to go with Bob. And Bob's performances have not indicated to me that he should be getting all this playing time. He's a, he is a huge liability defensively. And I think everyone can see. And then on top of it, he's not making the difference. You know, remember for years I used to criticize Grimaldo on the podcast when I said he's not good defensively and offensively. He's okay. He's obviously stepped up his game this year. He's taking it to he's taking it to a whole, whole other level. But Ba's not at that stage yet. Ba's not really making a huge difference offensively yet. So why are you suffering through his defensive inabilities to put up with this average attacking? Like really? I mean, come on. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Oh, uh, Sheikh Muslim says Gilberto had a cold. <laughs> yeah. Cold. He's out, he's out uh, recording his new mixtape. That's uh, what yeah. he's probably uh, out. Doing. No, I, I, and I think Diego Reis also brings up something that I, I don't think it to be a, a, a factor. But, yeah, he, he keeps coming up as being mentioned to a move to Brazil. Uh, with the exception that the team in Brazil doesn't want to play, doesn't want to pay the money that Benfica is asking for. Yeah, after three million. So yeah, I'm, so look, it, it is yeah, what yeah. it is. But I, I just think at this point, in, in considering Bas' performances in the past, you know, three four games, I think that Gilberto perhaps warrants a chance to get in there, get some playing time. Now, now here's something for you guys to chew on. And yes, 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 Freddy's, you're listening. You're listening to it coming out of my mouth. I thought Florentino was fantastic in the second half. For this, I almost I fell off my chair. I think I think Dino was was spectacular in that in, in that second half. I thought he was our best player. And I tell you, I'm gonna I'm 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 tell you this much. And I know a lot of you guys are gonna get upset with me, but you know, another player who's not been the same since the World Cup, since he's returned from the World Cup, Antonio Silva. He's not been the same player. And I know you can't criticize the kids coming out of Seychelles, but yeah, he's not been the same player. Yeah, he had uh, he had a miscue that he was able to recover, and I was actually you know. I was glad that he was able to recover because that was a pretty bad miscue. Uh, but, you know, I, I think he hasn't been as consistent, Chris, but he hasn't been bad. He's not been the same player. Yeah. That's it. But Tino was fantastic. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Then the, and there's depth in that, that center back position. There's so, a lot of depth. So if he's, uh, oh, if he's not clicking, know. like, what's going to take, I mean... Schmidt it, Schmidt seems to have his favorite guys and and he gives them lots of rope to uh, whether it's good or not we, we can decide at a later date but there's a lot of depth in that that position and I mean coming up this weekend Otamendi is is suspended so are we looking at Verissimo to slot in there or does Moratu slot in I there I'm gonna go Moratu. yeah I'm gonna go Moratu here's also. the thing you got you guys are accurate in terms of number and numbers. You guys are absolutely correct that there's options at center back. But the real question is, is there really? João Vitor has not convinced anyone, right? He's come over from, from Brazil. We all know that European games, another pace, it's a level up. So has he convinced anybody that he deserves to get playing time? Verissimo is coming off an injury. He's not been the same player as well. Morato was phenomenal until he injured his ankle. He's not been the same player since. So, yeah, in terms of numbers, you do have options, but those are the three options on the bench right now. And, I mean, I'm not throwing in Brooks, right? Another guy who has not convinced anybody. and we, I don't think any of us expected anything brilliant out of this guy. So, I mean, yeah, numbers-wise, there's options, but is there anybody that you can really 
realistically trust in crunch time right now at least i mean you might have to throw them guys in because you yeah. have no other time like this weekend what the main suspended what are you gonna do you gotta play one of them right yeah but if he's healthy is anybody else say yeah hey, let me let me let me take this guy out and give any of these guys an opportunity i think there's plenty of rumors about verissimo leaving as well um there's plenty of teams in brazil that are interested in them and i think roger schmidt it was actually in the copa last night's uh bola that roger schmidt says no he's gonna keep him yeah Joe, so i'm just he'd rather send joan vitor away yeah, but look, I, I think uh, in, in being in the stadium, I, I left the I left the stadium feeling that the, I, I didn't think Benfica played um, enough to win the game, um, but I thought Benfica played enough not to lose the game. On the other hand, I don't think that Sporting did enough to uh, to win the game. Um, I thought they were fortunate with the goals, despite their, those initial 20, 20 minutes uh, of the first half. Uh, second half to get the penalty that falls right on their lap in the beginning of the second half that allows them to manage the game a little better or try or attempt to manage the game a little better in the second half. Benfica closes back the second goal, uh, but really at the end of the at the end of the day, uh, and I think that a lot of people felt uh, walking out of the stadium, we felt that there was a, a game that we should have won, uh, but yeah. we didn't have we didn't do enough uh, to win it. Uh, it was it, a draw that felt like a loss. Exactly. But I, th- I think that people felt that Befica has a good enough team to be able to beat this sporting team, but that we just didn't play enough. Uh, and despite, you know, and we oftentimes talk about lack of efficiency, I just don't think that Befica created enough volume of offensive chances to be able to put away goals. Um, I think that Ramos has... Two chances, three chances, four chances, and he puts two of them away. Uh, you know, you know. So I don't think you can complain about efficiency. I just don't think that we created enough. I thought we played well enough in the second half to get the dub, but not convincingly enough. If that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah, I thought that uh, the the sub uh, that Net, bringing Neres in was inconsequential. I don't think that Neres really did anything. He's he's lacking that explosiveness. He can't get past guys. He keeps. Every time he attempts it, he keeps turning the ball back because he can't get past guys. Uh, but really, just one substitution, really. Um, and, and perhaps that speaks to how bad our bench is, that there's Alfredo, no one in the oh, bench. Alfredo, you've mentioned that throughout the year. Uh, if you, and, and Dave as well, right? We've mentioned on the podcast in games where Roger took too long to go to the bench or barely went to the bench. And again, is it a tactical decision of his or is it a lack of trust in his options it could be it's going to be that that second option especially i think he, he was holding out hope that the guys that were on the field are his strongest 11 and they're gonna they're gonna make something they're gonna be the best chance to create a goal score scoring chance and ultimately it never it never did materialize there um later into the second half but I ran through the the bench there. There's really no game breakers that he could have brought on and really changed um, the pace unless you want to throw up another striker and Musa. But we've seen in the past when you just throw strikers just for the sake of nah, throwing on yeah. strikers, that never works out. Befica has yet to convince me with two forwards up front. I've yet to see a good performance by two, but when Befica plays with two guys up front. I just haven't. There's been a lot of chatter here, and we need to do a better job of reading these. But this Nunu M... 
I mean, I really like this guy. I think we should get him on the podcast. This guy's phenomenal. <laughs> he says we need more Gilberto Terrasa type of players, especially off the bench. My opinion, yo, this guy Nuno, he, he seems to know what he's talking about. We got to get this guy on the podcast. Put him, hey, hey, Chris. That's not, that's not your burner account? Chris, that's not my burner account. Chris, put him in that uh, drawing you have with those sneaker pimps. It's too late already, bro. Uh, that's already been awarded or what? I think I can't tell because then people stop following me. So let's just keep it alive. <laughs> yeah, but I, th- I think I think it's, we've actually drawn somebody already. But nonetheless, this new new guy, I like him. Bring him back. Hey, next week, send a DM. <laughs> but um, listen, yeah, we definitely need to get a little bit. Um, I was gonna say thicker, but that sounds stupid. We need to 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 fortify this bench and get a few yeah. more options guys that we can count on. It's still a very long season. You know, uh, we got very tough games coming up for the Tasa Portugal. Obviously, Champions League was right, just right around the corner. And the good news is that there's still two weeks left in the January transfer window. Um, and let's hope that, you know, Schaldrup and Gangsta are not the only Gangsta. Thanks, um, thanks, Ted. Thanks, Ted. Okay. But as, as excited, trust me, I'm, I'm excited to see these two guys play. I'm excited to see these two guys to see what the future holds for these two guys that have been featured. But I can't tell you right now that I'm convinced that they're going to be instant impact players. I can't tell you that this 18-year-old is going to be able to come in and make a difference in the big game. Not yet. They might need a little time to adjust to things in Portugal. Yeah. Right? No, I agree. And they, agree. they haven't played since November, if That's I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Both, no, uh, both leagues have it, have been off since the world cup and they haven't returned yet yeah, either no so. i i agree i was uh, i did a an interview for uh, a copenhagen uh, podcast about Dio gonsalves and um i was talking to the guy uh that was interviewing me and he told me that sheldrup is a real deal yeah in that competition but so is I'm so is jota i jota over there in Celtic. my man looks like a magician now um, there for next Sheldrop has the uh, seal of approval from football manager too. With there you the, go. Uh, Most sought out, uh, you know, what do they call those those guys in FM manager? Mo, mo, oh, the uh, Boy Wonder Kid. Wonder Kids. Yeah, I used to have a bunch of those guys. I used to have a list of them, but I haven't played football manager in a while. Now, to finish my point, what I was saying is, it, 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 and I'm not trying. I'm not look, Freddie's. Don't, don't take it the wrong way. I'm not trying to be unfair here, but odds are. Odds are the like likelihood of things is that they're going to need some time to adjust. Okay, it's totally different competition, culture, everything's totally different. So most likely, look, it, it, we hope it's not. We hope they just come in and they're instant instant impact, right? But odds are that they're going to need a little bit of time, which then we fall right back to where we are right now, which is a bench with no options. We're losing Enrique Rouge again. Not a player that's played much anyway, so it's not going to be a huge loss in terms of a guy that's actually getting playing time. But it's one less option, one less player that understands already the system in place, the tactical awareness from the manager, what it takes to wear a Benfica shirt, a guy that is acclimated to Portuguese culture, to to the club. So it's one less option. Uh, Helton's going to leave, right? player that hasn't made an impact that hasn't played but my point is that there's two weeks left there's still some time to go get one or two impactful players unless these two kids are ready to hit the ground running 
Chris, you can't Which... go get any more guys, dude. That's it. That's done. It's oh, done. I... And and exactly. and I think those guys will play sooner than what you think. Okay. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm going to tell you the reason why. Wait, I'm not doubting that they're going to play. I'm doubting if they're going to hit the ground running. That's my question. I'm going to tell you that they're going to hit the ground running, and I'll tell you why. Because they're guys, they're very high-intensity guys in terms of the way they play on the field. They're guys that chase balls. They're guys that, that put give everything on the field. From what, I, from what I've read... So I think that because they have that level of effort, look, there's still a lot of things that you got to get used to. You got to get used to the team, the team's dynamics. You got to get used to the team's movements. All of that takes time. But in terms of when you're ready and you know those movements and you know those dynamics, the type of player that these guys are will be able to fit in this squad, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I thought the same thing about Julian Draxler. Yeah, but he, here's the thing with, with Draxler. You got to, you got to. Yes, I get it. I understand. But that's the thing. Uh, by now, Draxler should have been playing. He should have been Draxler plus ten guys by now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, anyway, uh, four points uh, f- over Braga, five points over Porto, twelve points over Sporting. Uh, is where we're at right now with uh, with this tie. One more game to go. Um, in the first half. Dave, stats on this game so we can move on. Yeah. Um, one here off the top. I, I know this was getting some traction uh, on Twitter, but Vlaco Dimos played his 200th game for, for Benfica. First and only foreign keeper to reach this milestone. Um, so he broke Perdome's record, right? Pardon? He broke Perdome's record. Perdome had the record of most appearances by a foreign goalie. Yeah, so I know he's the only one to reach that milestone. Um, I know there was the the PK in this game and, and Laco Demos' lack of penalty saves in his career, but four <laughs> uh, four over uh, four P, uh, PK saves over his 200 games, 80 clean uh, clean sheets for our boy Vlaco, who's looking to sign a uh, lifelong, <laughs> lifelong deal with uh, deal. the clock. Please. Um, yeah, he, that's what he's hoping for. But uh, Ramos with a brace brings his goal tally to 17 this season across all competitions. 11 scored in uh, the league, making him the league's top scorer. And the first time Benfica has dropped points at home this season uh, uh, in league competition. Eight wins, one draw. 13 wins, two draws across all competition. Yep. Fuck. We'll see. I think I think we missed a good opportunity to uh, be able to put the Lagartas away. Not that they're going to come back at, with 12 points, but I think it would have been good for us. Uh, well, this is the highlight of the three points. not losing. It That's could be. Highlight. It could be the highlight of their season. David Pareto, one of Freddie says, uh, referring to the two youngsters that we just acquired, have they played in a league where teams are fine committing fouls and playing frustrating football? Obviously, it's going to take some time to adjust <laughs> I mean, look, um, these Freddies, they're doing a tremendous job with all the questions. Nelson, Thor, Venfa, should Verissim go out on loan? He's still looking timid on his left knee. Um, Diogo Reyes mentioned Diogo Moreira. Diogo Moreira's out the door at the end of the year. Tiago Veia, he'll most likely be back from Sturio next yeah. year. I'm not worried about those guys, Diogo. I'm worried about the guys now. Yeah. That team I, like, uh, I like Govea, but uh, if you bring Govea... To not give him playing time, you might as well leave him at Sturil, let him progress. 
Here's a question I got regarding Govay. I don't know if you watched him much. I've watched him. So the goalie scored this yeah, weekend. So I I don't I don't I don't think at Benfica. I don't think he's a winger. At Benfica, he's an interior guy. Okay, but uh, but over there he's playing on the wing. That's why I'm asking. Estoril is playing on the right. Yeah, he's an interior guy. I don't see him. I don't. I don't see him playing on the wing of Benfica. Chris, you know who Estoril is interested in? Yeah. Mm, I was just about to say the, the monk master. master. That's right. I don't know if they're going to be able to support his salary, though. I don't think he comes back. Exactly. The guy's going to come Bra- back. Braga is also interested, too, okay. I'm reading. Yeah, Braga Braga makes more sense. Yeah, he would, he would go to Braga before he went to Studio. Yeah, he's been uh, up. Unless uh, Nelson Verissim says you're going to start every game regardless whether you run or not. Dude, the guy's it is what it is. Alfredo, he's going to make a Sturil in the year what he makes a week over here in, 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 in Bashaki, bro. It just makes no, no, he's in uh, Rabias now. Never mind. He left Pasha. Yeah. Uh, up next for Benfica, Santa Clara. We're going to travel to uh, to the Azores, your favorite island in the whole world, Chris. Uh, Saturday, 6 Check p.m. Check the weather forecast. Definitely on a bucket list. I don't know about my favorite, but it's definitely right there, Alfredo. It's, you know, amongst my favorites. Saturday, 6 p.m. Saturday, 6 p.m. Otamendi is out for this game. Um as uh, as they've mentioned earlier, and this is I'm the last time. last game I'm of MR time. No, it's Lisbon time. Yeah, local time. No, local. They're playing in Santa Clara. Santa Clara is in a different time zone, if I'm not mistaken. Azores is in a different time zone, right, Dave? Yeah, yeah. But no. they're four hour difference to us. Oh, okay. So yeah, they're they one. Yeah. Um, Dave, what's Santa Clara been up to this year? Not too uh, too positive this season. Currently in 16th with 14 points from three wins, five draws, eight losses. Their last uh, win came against Istriel on uh, November 14th, going uh, two draws, five defeats uh, since then. Um, Historically, 12 wins, uh, two draws, one defeat. And um, Benfica historically in San Miguel, five wins and two draws. Yeah. And, and it's Mr. San Miguel's birthday himself, Timo, the man, the legend, if I'm not mistaken. It's today. It was his, uh, Happy his birthday, birthday, Timo. So shout out to Timo. Why are you doing that? Right? Why you're not? Gonna get, Timo's, gonna get a, Timo's special. You're going to get us unfollowed because you we did. say happy birthday to Timo. We don't say happy birthday to... Remember the guy that got pissed off? Manolo? What's his name? I don't even Manolo, know. Manolo, the Greek guy, they got pissed off because the club didn't wish him a happy birthday? Is that the guy? I say no names, bro. I just say people. All right, you, you, you always putting names in my mouth. I don't. I, I could I say it because people. he doesn't listen to our podcast, so I, I could say it. it was it was him. It was Manolo, Manolo Giacomampa. Chris, ninety no, percent I... chance of rain. Oi, ta Here we go. It's gonna be rough. Bring out the tractors. You better take those. You know. Them boots that the guys want bacalhau, they go up to your to your titties, all the way up to, to the your bacalhau. <laughs> boots. You know, the boots. The guys that go up. fly fishing, right? Something like that. Yeah, bring those. Ice. Yeah, diffi- uh, another a tricky game for Benfica. Um, Santa Clara is always a way. Like as they've mentioned, they're they're struggling and they're looking to grab as many points as possible. And teams always get motivated to play Benfica, as you guys know. So we'll we'll see. Um, lastly. 
in, there's going to be a lot of Benfica's that we know afraid of making the trip over there. So, wish you guys safe travel. Yeah. Have some fun. Of course. Um, lastly, you guys have already heard this. Andreas Sheldrup and Casper Thankstead uh, were, um, were officially introduced uh, last week by Benfica. Uh, Roger Schmidt, as you, as you heard us say here, um, those guys are still going through the to the preseason. They haven't played a, a competitive game in since November, uh, so they're they're doing that now. And Hikaruj looks like he's going to Watford on loan, uh, and Helton Milk. Um, there's a lot of uh, traction getting Hunt. him going to Brazil. Correct? Elton oh, Turkey, 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 Turkey. Okay, Turkey, oh, Brazil. It's close. Same yeah. continent. The the Brazil connection was Benfica was interested in the Flamengo keeper, if I'm not mistaken. But no, that's it wasn't. broken down. No, it wasn't. Benfica was never interested. No. They already put out never. A, they already put out a statement that was they weren't interested. I think it's just um, it's just agent talk. Trying to that guy is uh, apparently from what I heard that guy is awful. That guy's really really bad. So we'll see. What else do you guys have to say for you, for yourselves before we we get the heck out of here? Just touching upon that uh, Arushu transfer. I mean, Wofford has a good track record of producing and developing talent. Talent. So, as long as this is a temporary move with the uh, with the idea and hope that he's back in the in the mix and not another. Jota situation, I would be okay with it, but yeah. it's always tricky when you let when you loan out these these young talents. Um, once they get a, I don't know if it's once they get a taste of life outside of Portugal, or they might get burned or have a um, negative taste in their mouth about not getting the club's confidence. But you, I would just have to hope that uh, Arujo's taking this all in stride and that there's still hopes for him in the team's future here. Yeah, I I think Araujo in in the times that I've heard him speak, he seems that he's a very intelligent guy. Um, I think that he sees this as a, as a necessary step for his career to keep progressing. Certainly, I, I wouldn't be happy if I was uh, behind Musa in a pecking order. Uh, so certainly, you know, if he if he goes there and he he strikes me as a guy that that works hard. Uh, and he's going to work for his opportunities in England. So hopefully he'll, he'll get some sh some shots there. Um, um, Diogo Reis is asking if both Neto and Moreira for sure are gone. I don't know, man. There's There seems to be issues with the with the contracts. Those guys are not getting playing time. Obviously, the, the club's policy is that if if you don't want to renew your, your contract, why we, should we uh, invest in you by giving you playing time? So... I think that's where it is right now. I think that Moreira does have talent. I just don't think. I think that these days kids just want to move up too quick. <coughs> Excuse me. And you also got agents. Agents pushing players uh, because they want to make that buck. So I think that uh, both Moreira and, uh, and Neto are, are in that same situation. So I don't know. Cristiano. Diz, diz goodbye para a gente ir embora. Até logo, minha malta linda. Thank all the Freddies for tuning in. And uh, we apologize, uh, or I should apologize for not doing a better job of 
reading a lot more of your comments. I promise I will work on it. I promise in the future I'll be reading a lot more of your comments. But in the meantime, you guys can send us questions on Twitter, hashtag Benfica Podcast, and we'll check them out on, you know, throughout the week. And we're going to start that segment again. We need to because you guys are a huge part of our podcast and we need to get you guys a lot more involved. Um, so appreciate it. Alfredo, glad you're back. Yes, Can't sir. Dave, whenever you want to come out here, you know you're welcome. And big kisses around the world. Carrega. Força, isso não está nada ganho, mas... Yeah, we'll, we'll be back on Tuesday. Benfica will play Santa Clara over the weekend, but then they will play Aroca uh, on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and that will be the first game of uh, the second round. All right, everybody, take care. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for being part of the this, and uh, happy birthday to Timo. Take care. Later. Bye. <laughs>